Hi guys, you're listening to the Morning After the Life Before podcast. I'm Jack Schofield. And I'm Sam Corty. And the idea of this podcast is we're going to invite guests on to talk about their unheard stories behind their success and their character. We want to listen to their mischievous childhoods, bumpy educations and stories that don't quite fit the stereotypical model. The idea is we're going to wake up to find out what really happened behind the scenes and stories that never quite made it to social media. This podcast is currently supported and produced by the team at 226 Photography. So Jack, how are you? What have you been up to? Yeah, I'm good. I um, Nothing too exciting, bit of training, bit of work. Just been um, hired to take some photos at a wedding in well, sort of 10 days time. It's all very last minute thing. So there's me, the bridegroom and five guests for a ceremony and a party. So that'd be quite um, intimate. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> obviously all socially distanced at a local venue. So yeah, they were quite happy that they finally found someone to take the job, I think. But yeah, that'll be quite fun. What have you been up to? We obviously, the listeners will hear when we recorded last night, you and Fee had testing today. She shot off for a fish and chips um, sneakily after the episode she admitted to us off air. But yeah, how was your how was your test? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Fee probably fueled the right way with her fish and chips and probably just enjoyed them because the test was not enjoyable. Um, <laughs> but I think I, to be honest, I think I probably screwed myself over a bit because um, the day before we got set some shorter pieces to do on the row machine and our coach yeah. is usually very very what's the word I'm looking for very safe when it comes to telling us conservative what to do. yeah and is usually tells us to make sure that we just leave us something in the tank um but on this occasion we had three pieces to do and he told us on the last one that we could let the reins off a bit and see what we could do um and I am one for doing what I'm told to do basically and got quite excited about the prospect of putting my foot on the accelerator and seeing what numbers I could produce so did it um I actually (laughs) came off my seat in the second one um so I knew that I had a bit in the tank for the last one well if I didn't come off my seat I thought I could go pretty quickly so that's what I did put my foot down pretty pleased with my time that I got cooled down um and then we get sent the results via WhatsApp message with how everyone's doing. Because obviously we're in lockdown, so we have no idea what other people are getting or doing. So it just helps with comparing yeah. and stuff. Um, yeah, so the results sheet came through and I had a look and I was the quickest by quite a long way. And I was a bit like, oh, okay. Like, turns out maybe not everyone's been told to let their hair down a bit. And even the ones that Thomas told <laughs> can let their hair down, hasn't let their hair down. And hasn't just gone for it. Um, <laughs> so I was like, okay, like the next quickest was like about four splits quick, uh, slower than me, which over 250 is quite a lot. Um, <laughs> and then one of the girls that's beaten me on every ergo so far um, during lockdown was nine splits slower. So that's when I realized that I'd probably really potentially messed up quite a bit with this. <laughs> um and then out of interest, I decided to have a look at the lightweight men's scores and I'd beaten both of those. So then I really started to worry. 
So I ended up messaging the coach to be just to double check that I hadn't like misheard or misinterpreted what he told us to do because I was like, I'm the only person that has gone like full whack. And knowing that we had the test the next day was like, I've like people have been so much more sensible than me. So I sent him a message and I was like, you definitely like definitely did tell us to go all out, didn't you? And he was like, oh, like, yeah, like, like why? Like, well, why are you worried? And I was like, oh, because I've looked at the results and I seem to be the only person that has done that. And I was like, I've even like beaten some of the lightweight men. And he obviously was like, now this is when I can imagine Tom sitting at home going like starting to panic. Like, being like, oh, no, I've told us to do the wrong thing. Like, no, none of the other coaches have told them to do this. Like, I can imagine him, like, this is Tom stressing, but would not try to, like, show me that he was stressing. So he's clearly, like, sending me these messages being like, don't worry, like, it'll be absolutely fine. You've done all this good training. Like, honestly, like, he was filling me with confidence, like, this will be really good. You've done this. It's really positive. Like you did this time for this. And here's me thinking, oh, it's absolutely fine. Like I've not screwed myself over at all. Um, Like everyone else just has gone slow. Do you see the senior men's scores? Well, yeah. Then 10 minutes later, the physiologist then sends through the men's scores. And like for people to give them an (laughs) idea, the men, the men are like, what, 20 kilos heavier than me? Like at least... So on average, ergo, what splits would they normally be ahead of you? Um, I think like we tend to try and aim to be like ten splits around ten to fifteen splits slower. I think is like the norm. Um, I mean it's hard because like we don't ever usually compare because it's usually yeah. such a big difference that I usually don't pay any attention to the men's scores at all. Um, but on this occasion, I was like, oh, I wouldn't like because I'd be in the lightweight man. I was like, oh, I wonder how close I've got to some of them. So I had a look and went down the results sheet and was could like had well, basically I'd beaten four of them. And that's when <laughs> I knew that I had. Yeah. Then I I mean, I think I probably then started to not re- start to look at it possibly more as a positive And like, well, if my test goes really bad tomorrow, then at least I can say that. I've actually gone really stupidly fast and I've actually beaten some other heavyweight men. Um, <laughs> so at least I didn't go like halfway. So kind of didn't do yeah. like an all right time. And then all or yeah, I went all in, balls to the walls and yeah, <laughs> beat some of the heavyweight men. So I probably, success. yeah, that was a success. My test day wasn't. Um, I mean, to be honest, I didn't like, I don't think it was because of the 250s that didn't go very well um it's a distance that we just don't do and it was just like yeah. it was just it was almost being in like no man's land like not yeah. no, not really knowing how the hell you're supposed to pace it um so I would say that I probably need more practice at it but as I told my coach afterwards I'm not volunteering to do any practice over that distance and <laughs> don't particularly want to do it again and what did he say when you told him about the test Oh, he, so he messaged me to ask how it went. And I was like, oh, this is just not for me. And he went, yeah, you probably went too hard on your 250s. So (laughs) (laughs) he was definitely lying to me on Friday, trying to boost me with, uh, boost me with confidence. But I mean, you win some, you lose some. And they say, if you don't, if you don't win, you learn. And I learned quite a big lesson. (laughs) 
So, uh, so yeah, that was that's been my past few days. I was, I mean, I've been absolutely wrecked. I haven't really done much else. That's all put me in quite a big hole, to be honest. The dream. Kind of, yeah. So we've got Fee Gammond on. She's currently a member of the GB rowing team. Uh, she rowed for the Huskies for a couple of years in Washington. Yeah, so I, Fee is one of my teammates at the moment, and I was really keen to get her on the podcast just because she has some of the best stories. Yeah, she's just so funny. Her stories are just fantastic. Um, so Fee is she's won um, world championship medals at junior and under twenty three age categories, and in twenty sixteen she was crowned world champion in the women's four. Um, so she has a very a very strong list of achievements yeah and she goes on to tell us stories about her muddy matches farmer dating app being pooed on by a cow on a date police shutting down her american frat parties um and a few people get set on fire yeah it's full of uh full of some very good stories this episode <laughs> i mean there's not a lie doesn't have no no she she definitely definitely entertained us and then off air as soon as we finished, she said, right, going for fish and chips. And we were like, we didn't say that when we were talking about food. And then she told us that um, they did a trial on how McDonald's worked for fueling while they were in Washington and said it was fantastic for pieces up to one kilometre, but made them a bit sick, anything over that. So there you go. Learn something new every day. Some nutritional advice that comes free with a podcast. <laughs> right. So don't forget, if you like what you hear, then please leave us a review and a rating. Uh, we'd love to know what you think. Any feedback that you have, we'd really appreciate and enjoy the episode. Fee, welcome to the podcast. You're our first guest. Thank you. I'm honoured. Yeah. Well, you, you got the short straw, I think, but uh, hopefully we'll get through in one piece. So we'll, we've just introduced you. Um, you rode at Washington, where you went to uni, and you now row with the eight, I believe, at Caversham. Yes, I do, yeah. For some reason, what you'll enjoy this. So Washington have decided to put a full, very detailed bio of you on your on their site. So uh, it says, daughter of Mark and Sue Gammond. Um, <laughs> father is a farmer and has two sisters, Helen and Alice, and enjoys playing piano. Yeah, I don't know why they do that. They they write like daughter of Mark, Mark and Sue Gammond and all this on the blog. I thought that had gone now. I thought it was only there when I was rowing. Oh, no, that's, oh, that's okay, absolutely right. still there. Yeah. <laughs> I did play the piano. Okay, and the clarinet too, apparently. Yes, I love the clarinet. Got to grade grade five with the clarinet and grade... Oh, I failed my grade six piano three times. Oh, that's not what um, your LinkedIn says. What does my LinkedIn say? <laughs> <laughs> it says grade six piano. No, that was a fail. I obviously... <laughs> I obviously... There was some porky... I did some porky pies on my LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> we're 30 seconds in and we're already getting to the bottom of it. <laughs> I've already been caught out. <laughs> so, so let's start from the beginning then. Where's home life for you? Home is in Vista. You know where okay. Vista Village is? Have you yeah, heard of yeah. Vista Village? Yeah. Oh. So I live five minutes from there on a farm. Grew up there my whole life. And yes, my parents are called Sue and Mark. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> and I have two sisters, Helen and Alice. We had a dog called Daisy. Is was that on the profile? No, Not, no, no okay. they missed off your pets. <laughs> they missed that bit out. <laughs> it's so unnecessarily detailed. Does every athlete have to fill that out in Washington? <laughs> yeah, I don't really remember. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was just you know one of those fill out forms, and I'd obviously. <laughs> Gone quite I detailed. mean, Washington's pretty high on the list of places I want to go to. Like envisaging now, introducing myself to someone, like, "Hi, I'm Jack." I'm like, "Hi, I'm Fee, daughter of Mark and Sue." <laughs> That's how they introduce people yeah. out there. So <laughs> I'd get prepared. 
<laughs> so, so, <laughs> so life in Bista, two sisters, friends. Do you get on with your sisters? Yeah, I do. We're very different, though. Helen and Alice, they both hate sport. They do not like rowing. They, they, they also don't like it because when I was younger, they had to sit in the car while I road um, and do their homework waiting for me to pick me up from school I think that's probably the main reason why they don't like rowing yeah no they Alice is um, a computer scientist and she's studying that at university and Helen's into food production Very different. where do you fall in the age range I'm the oldest oh cool did you fight with her much as a kid a lot yeah I mean sure, surely you guys both got stories horror stories of fighting with have you got siblings I don't know yeah yeah I've got I've got a younger sister and Sam's Obviously got a younger sister and brother. Yeah, I'm the oldest as well. Oh, Sam, did you fight a lot? Yeah, we, I mean, I got on well with my brother. Um, My sister, we were almost probably like too similar. Yeah. And we just were so competitive of everything. But she's the middle child and she had like horrendous middle child syndrome. (laughs) Like she was an absolute terror. So Steph, if you're listening... Yeah, I mean, now she'll admit it, but honestly, she was evil. And you know all those, like, classic stories where you hear about, like, people pretending that they got hit and crying for their parents? Like, honestly, she was, like, she should have been an actress. She was, like, so good at putting it on and getting us in trouble. Yeah, my sister was good at that, and my mum came home one day or whatever from work with Laura, and Laura ran, my younger sister, ran in crying, saying, Jack's just hit me, and mum was like, Laura is not in the house. Back upstairs she goes, tears off, game over. You've been rumbled. <laughs> I've done that, but the other way around. So I've told my mum that my sister bit me, bit myself, showed my mum, my sister got told off for it. I'm like, I was horrendous. <laughs> Have you ever had the hair pulling as well? Sam, you know the hair pulling, like yeah, with your sisters? I'm not joking. What? Yeah, the hair pulling. I remember my mum hoovering our floor. Um, no, not our floor, like the back of the car floor. Because one, obviously, one car journey, we'd had this massive hair fight and it was like thick, just hair just on the bottom of the car. I honestly think like girls fighting, sisters fighting is possibly one of the worst things. Like there's no, like there's no punches it's evil, thrown. isn't it? It's like savage, like animals fighting, hair pulling, the nipping, yeah, yeah. nails, digging nails in. When you say nipping, what is nipping? Yeah. Oh, it's probably a n- northern term. Well, I'm northern as well, leave it out. Yeah, I've not had, heard that <laughs> Sorry. before. Like pinching the skin. Oh, you pinch. Oh, I can't believe you don't know what nipping is. It's like pinching. Well, you could have just said pinching. Yeah, but it's not good. If you describe it by using another word, you may as well just use the other word. <laughs> yeah, but it's because that's not what it's called. Making up words by Sam Corti. It's called nipping. Okay. Oh, maybe it's not. <laughs> okay. Well, this is this is where we're gonna have the language barriers. Find out when our all ten of our listeners um, chip in. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what we're saying. Okay, so you used to fight a lot with your sisters. Who's the most successful? Don't be diplomatic now. Everyone, but everyone's really successful in their own way. I'm being diplomatic. I Alice is doing really well in computer science, and Helen's doing really well in food. What uh, food? Sounds really bad that I can't really remember what. So well, you don't remember the name of it. <laughs> no, she does. She like produces food. It's like farming, kind of. Hi, Helen. This is Fee. She doesn't give a shit what you're doing. <laughs> no, anymore. I do. <laughs> Obviously, Alice is a successful one. <laughs> no, no, no. Helen's doing really well. It's just confusing. I, I get a bit, conf- but yeah, no, she's doing really well as well. Yeah. Well, I think it's hard. I think it's hard to determine who's been the most successful because what. Like, yeah, I guess it all depends what success is. Yeah, this goes back to our intro when we tried to define yeah, what yeah. success was, yeah. Yeah, it's so different for everyone. If you're, if you're doing it off money, it's not any of us three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely not, no. So how was life on a farm? Were you brought up on a farm or did your dad just work on a farm? Yeah, no, um, I brought up on a farm. We It was just arable, so that's 
um, props, but it's really fun. There's just so much space to like run around. And I, I didn't actually quite realize um, how lucky I was living in so much space until literally like two weeks ago when I had some people over for a barbecue in the garden. And, you know, with the governmental advice yeah. and guidance and stuff, at midnight, I got yelled at by the next door neighbor. That was probably the first time that I've been like, oh, yeah, I'm obviously being this. I didn't realize. It's just because I'm never here in the summer and I'm not. I, it was my fault. But I, at home, I, that would not be a problem. We could be up all night till four in the morning making as much noise as we and want. were you? And so I really, no, not really. <laughs> Parents were quite, they wouldn't have let that. <laughs> Eight-year-old fee up till four in the morning <laughs> drinking and partying. Yeah, no. <laughs> no that was not me I was in bed early then so you rode at school did you say is that when rowing started yes so I started when I was 12 at school only because my friends um my friends were like the sporty freaks they were cool <laughs> and that was the group that was cool I was kind of just in that group because I was friends with them and I wasn't sporty I was actually wanted to be an actor I had like dreams of making it in Hollywood oh so this is something we were going to ask what you what your aspirations were growing up oh an actor yeah um Posters I got with Songs of Praise um, in Blenheim Palace. My mum took me there one time. They were doing some outdoor filming and we had to sing the hymns in the crowd. And I remember I was desperate to get on TV. And my mum um, my and sisters, they were not really singing very well. I didn't think so. But anyway, they decided at one point during, to go to the loo. So we're missing a hymn. And I went for it. I absolutely went for it, singing my heart out. And then I didn't think anything of it, but I remember thinking, this is my chance to fame. This is it. I'm going to get, this is it. They're going to get me on camera. And, and anyway, a couple of months later, or whenever, it's ages until they air it, isn't it? My nan sees me on Songs of Praise. It like zooms in and out when my, when my sisters are, on, like, are not there. And my mum, they've all gone to the <laughs> Um, and yeah, no, that was my. Does that recording still exist? Um, yeah, I think it does. My nan's definitely got it. Well, she had it on videotape, but now no one has videotape, <laughs> so we can't. I don't can ever retrieve that. I'm sure it can be transferred. I'm sure we can find it somewhere. We can make that happen. So, did you get your call from Hollywood then, Fee? No, I didn't. I was disappointed. Although that was my first TV experience, and I must say it was quite positive. I was going to say, sounds like positive. it was a good one. I met Ali Jones as well, so I mean, oh. is that his name? Oh, well, if you, yeah. you obviously can't be that great that you met him. I met, I met a guy in the street the other day. I can make a name up for him if it suits. Look, he's the guy that seems He's the guy like, who did the snowman. Yeah, the yeah. snowman or whatever it's called. He is. Walking in the uh, That one. How's it go, Fee? Sorry? Oh, yeah, walking yeah. in the air, not the flying snowman. Sorry, I'll stop there before I embarrass myself. Don't worry, it's recorded. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sam wanted to be an ice cream lady. We discovered that one. Yeah. Your aspirations were a lot better than mine. I didn't disclose mine because I didn't quite know them. So when I asked my mum, she was like, well, for a couple of years, you just wanted to be Spider-Man. And apparently I kept talking to spiders and trying to get them to bite me. Uh, good job I didn't live in Australia or anything because that had gone south very quickly. And then I wanted to be a doctor, but I didn't like blooders and stuff as a kid. So I was like obsessed that I'm going to be a doctor. And they took me to the Museum of Surgeons in London and apparently I lasted about 13 minutes before turning green and like being like, I'm going to be sick and just leaving. So then I was like, well, I can't be a doctor. So then, <laughs> so then I wanted to be an actuary. Right. And for people that don't know what this is, I Googled it 
an actuary <laughs> is basically like health and safety. <laughs> he yeah. wanted to be the guy with the hard hat and the like reflective jacket and be health and safety. <laughs> I see that. That's cool. I mean, the outfit. Just makes not... <laughs> so it was because my mum and dad have got a friend, I think, that's an actuary and he lived a dream lifestyle. And as a kid, I was like dazzled by him. And um, was like, what does he do? And my mum was like, he's an actuary. It's quite boring. I was like, no, I want to do that. <laughs> so that lasted until I was like, I don't know, about 10 or 11. And then I wanted to be an archaeologist. Well, I wanted to be an architect, but because I thought it was an archaeologist, as we discussed last time. So <laughs> Yeah, you basically wanted to be a, fun sp- a professional fun sponge. Well, I'm pretty close now. <laughs> yeah, I should be all that. <laughs> Oh, listen to the exciting life we lead. (laughs) That's funny. Um, Fee, going back to living on the farm, did you ever do Young Farmers? No, it's something that my parents wish I had done. They always wanted me to meet a farmer as a husband. Because my mum and dad met through Young Farmers. Yeah, all their friends met through Young Farmers. So, But no, no, I was always rowing from the time. Like, I think it's 16 to join. So I I was well into my rowing then. Sam, did you? No, I didn't. My brother and sister have done it. I had friends that did it, but I was kind of like the same. I was, I almost felt like, because we didn't live on a farm, felt like I was a bit of a a fake if I tried to go to Young Farmers. Yeah, I I went, when I moved back to, when I moved to Henley, I went for Young Farmers and I just felt really out of place. I went to one session like five years ago and I was like, right, I okay, this is time I'm going to meet my farmer husband. No, they were all talking about tractors. And I, honestly, I love the farm, but I don't know. I love the image not, of you coming like, back after the night out being like, how was it? Yeah, I didn't meet a husband though, did I? <laughs> but you still <laughs> tried to meet a farmer though, Fee, because you got that farming dating app, yes, didn't I you? Yes, I did. Yes, I do. I did download um, Muddy Matches. <laughs> yes, it's like a farming um, dating oh, no. app. I, I really did try to... What's it called? Um, muddy matches? Like, yeah, muddy matches. And it, you can rate yourself about how... Oh, what was it called? How towny or how... What's the countryside version? You, like, rate yourself how towny or... Where are you on this scale? Rural you are. Well, I don't know. I think I said I was, like, really, really, like, into the farming and stuff. Went all in, but I'm not. But, I, yeah. I've... Were there any... Did you go on any dates through muddy matches? Yes, yes. Yeah, I did. I went on a date... I've met a few friends through it actually, but <laughs> but I did I did go on a date, um, and on a second date I went to have a look around his farm, and um, and I went in the, in the dairy, and um, yeah, farm poop, farm, um, a cow poop, <laughs> and I was like thinking at this moment, okay, you're on this date with, uh, you want to show off, and so I didn't want to squeal like squeal about being pooed on. <laughs> So I went with the really cool casual, oh, I've been pooed on. <laughs> Just wipe it off <laughs> with my hand <laughs> and kind of went and tried to impress him that way. Did it work? Well, I mean, we're still, I, well, I'm still friends with him on Facebook. Oh, so, so that means I, it must have worked then. Wow. It's so impressive he's not deleted you on Facebook five years down the line. <laughs> So did you, were you at school near home then, near Vista? Yeah, I went at Headington. Is Headington an all-girls school? Yeah, all-girls. How was that? Yeah, it was fine. Um, was it like you know, the classic, like St. Trinian's and <laughs> Wild Child? <laughs> well, I was in the Sporty Freak, so I would say I don't really know because I've never been to a mixed school. So I loved my time at Headington. I had a great time. Um, I met loads of great friends. Didn't really like the academics that much. I did struggle a bit with, you know, the organisation of, it's just learning how to organise your time between school and rowing and then social life and that whole balance is quite... 
especially when you're growing up, it's quite challenging. Yeah. yeah. Did you board at Headington? No, no. I only boarded one one night ever. It was snowing. <laughs> so. Okay. Where did you yeah. sleep? They just wheel out. Oh, yep, spare beds. <laughs> oh, yeah, they just have like, yeah. <laughs> Camp beds. No, no, it was like a whole room. It was lovely. <laughs> Camp beds. Quickly hammering through muddy no. matches to find a local farm. We'll get you in the tractor. <laughs> <laughs> Camping. <laughs> Did you always know you wanted to go to uni? Yeah, so I so I got interested in maybe going to America, but halfway through my final year, of I was struggling with my studying and stuff. And I was like, my parents were like, look, just stop looking at going to America, just you need to get to university in the UK. So I really wanted to go to Newcastle University. So that's where I had my sights set. But unfortunately, I didn't make the grade. I missed my maths grade. Um, oh, you could have just lied like you did about piano. I, I know, and then I would have just gone. <laughs> Got another one to pick here. Apparently, you speak Norwegian. Yes, that was at university. Um, that's actually my minor. I did a minor in Scandinavian studies. I kind of just fell into that, and I had to learn Norwegian a year. I'm not, I, bet- I tell people I'm fluent, but I only know how to say my name is Fiona, and I live in England, so I'm not fluent. I completely lie. So you don't want to do the rest of the podcast in Norwegian then, Pete? Absolutely not. I would don't have I cannot remember a thing and I do tell people I'm fluent in French too and that's not also not true so if that's on my oh, no, just Norwegian two languages English and <laughs> oh, Norwegian okay. all right okay well yeah I don't speak much Norwegian no <laughs> this is not going to help me get any jobs oh if they listen to this we're all in trouble <laughs> so going back to the uni so Newcastle didn't let you New, you didn't get into Newcastle so then how did no. Washington um, come about well I had been speaking to them just at the end of my A-levels um they, one coach was over for a race, Henley Women's Regatta, and they messaged me. I was like, do you want to just meet him? And I was like, okay, I'll meet him for a chat. And kind of sold it a bit to me, and I was like interested, and I was kind of knew that I wouldn't get my mass grade, and that I might have to look elsewhere or take a gap year anyway. And then that year, the head coach came over um, in August. So it was just before we got our results, and it was um, Junior Worlds at, in, London, in Dorney. And, um, and he was over recruiting. So he met up with me and my parents there and sold it to my parents. And then I think the week after I booked a trip, like they do visits for 48 hours. You go onto the campus and see everything. It's only, it's like strict 48 hour rule though. In case what, you get lost and stay? Well, <laughs> probably. I don't really know. It's like rules. Every like campus, every campus, every university, they like have, they like, it's just a rule that you can only last 48 yeah. hours, I think. Is this, is this to stop? So like, I think it's like recruiting, so it's fair. Yeah, like recruiting rules and stuff. and Because there's quite a few rules yeah. like that in America unis, aren't there? Yeah, there's a lot of rules like that. Weird. Yeah. Anyway, so I went over there and I loved it. And kind of signed, but was waiting for my results. The next day was results day when I was back in the UK. Got my results, didn't make Newcastle, and I was off to America. And that's how... It happened. It was like fate. It was really odd. Crazy. It's mad that it all happened so fast as well. If you met with them in mm-hmm. August and then you flew out and then sort of a few days later, it's kind of like, oh, you start in September. It was a bit rushed to get the visa. Yeah, I, I remember thinking, well, I remember it was like two weeks and I had to go to the US embassy and get my visa sorted. And then I kind of like, oh, well, booked a flight and just hoped that the visa was going to come in the post in time. <laughs> um, so it was all a bit of a blur and I really wasn't prepared. Because in America, it's like they speak English, and I thought it was going to be pretty similar, like, it, apart from being far away from my family, but it, it really wasn't. It was a big change. Yeah, but. So let's talk more about uni then. So obviously, Washington, as in Seattle, Washington, the Huskies, who we are yeah. is why we win. 
yes. dream. Because um, yes. Sam, you've rode out there as well, right? You went to the Windermere Cup. Yeah, I rode out there in 2014, actually against Fee. Yeah, it's the first, first time I met Sam. Oh, really? Yeah, Do you want to explain the Windermere yeah. Cup? Uh, so the Windermere Cup is like... Do you want to explain Sam? Yeah, Fee can... I mean, I'm going to try and Fee can correct me. But I think it's like a celebration of the start of this yacht season. And they basically... the that it's more the area than the university itself put on like a big like regatta and this big celebration and the men's and the women's from boats from the university race they like invite guest crews over um so they've had like a like a big variety of like they've had other university american unis they've had some british unis have gone they've had international teams and in 2014 it just so happened that the gb men's and women's eights got invited to this big celebration but we went for like a week and it's like this big like we were just honestly it, we were like treated like celebrities <laughs> um it was just mad we were it was yeah we got like the full american uni sort of experience like condensed into one week and we i mean me and one of the other girls went to watch baseball like just got taken up to like the president's lounge and it was just like you just had to be wearing some stash and people just like took you under their wing and just like uh, shipped you off to somewhere that was just yeah it was just mad um it was such a cool race and like completely different to any other race that I'd ever done like the first half so it's in like a bit of a harbor so the first half is like open water but the the course is like lined by people's like yachts and boats and you can't really hear anything I say the only thing that I remember is like the smell of weed on the start because <laughs> like everyone is just having this huge party and so like there's like fog horns going off so like the first half you've got like just the smell of weed and then you then come into like the cut it's called like the cut and it's basically this narrow bit of water that's I think it's I think it's about halfway so it's about a thousand meters and the sound of like people just lining the banks, shouting and screaming is just like unbelievable. Like you honestly can't hear a word your cock says. Like that's pointless. They literally just steer. It was just like so mad. It was like we... Henley on like an American scale. Were you in the Huskies eight fee? Yeah, I was. Who won? Uh, oh, they did. <laughs> and that's the end of the podcast. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we got beaten by a university crew. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, they are pretty good, to be fair. Um, they were So how did trialling work while you're out there, Fee? Were you still rowing like under 23s and stuff? Yeah, so in the um, summer, I'd come home and, well, I'd go and race for a spot in a CB boat. It really was quite an easy experience. Did you have to do ergos? Yeah, yeah, we had to do the ergos that you guys were doing throughout the year. Did you one-year fee put on a bit of weight to do one of your ergos yeah i did yeah i i was gaining to try and break seven minutes um in rowing world seven minutes on an, to do a 2k ergo it, it was kind of a big deal um wasn't it sam yeah it's like a try and break it when it? we were yeah and i just could not do it i was doing i think i got 701 like multiple times i was just desperate to break this score and so yeah i decided i was going to eat up for it <laughs> I think it was just on? an excuse. I 
I can't remember now, but it was, yeah, I was gaining. It, I, maybe I was gaining already and I was just using it as an excuse to gain more. <laughs> Don't make myself... <laughs> so as an athlete, but, you must be a good cook, right? That's the classic myth. Are you a good cook? Yeah, I'm a lazy cook. I, get, I, I can be a good cook, but I am very lazy. Um and don't cook did you so you didn't put sam what did you have the other week potato smileys in oh yeah we we were trying to make a spanish omelet which sounds really quite professional and healthy but we'd ran out of potatoes i mean it's just eggs potatoes and peppers isn't it yeah but it's like it's got all the food groups that you need all the nutrients that you need apart from we didn't have any potatoes so we use don't don't talk about me about food groups you finish this story and then we'll see who knows about food groups so, so then we didn't have any potatoes so we use smiley faces instead genius Sam. A- absolute genius yeah. elite athlete potato smileys and then we and then we set ourselves a challenge to see how yellow we could make it so it had like potato smileys in it sweet corn yellow pepper cheese we were basically just like emptying the cupboards in the fridge to see what we could put in it that was yellow to see if we could have the most yellow meal that's where lockdown Beige that diet. sounds quite healthy that's, where lockdown. that's like freshers that- I, I think i lived off pasta cheese and chicken nuggets for a year yeah well no one re- ever really cooks it properly you need i remember my housemate having toast sandwiches which is basically just two slices of bread <laughs> with a slice of toast in the middle of it what yeah so three slices of bread yeah but one of them was toasted <laughs> and it was called a toast sandwich <laughs> what is the Oh, so many questions. Oh, uh, is there butter involved? Like, what are we putting on this? I honestly can't. Ketchup, I honestly can't sauce. remember what Ben used to do, but he was diabetic. I remember him. And yeah, he honestly he rode for a bit, right? Yeah, he did row. Yeah, but yeah. he honestly gave me a complete insight into cheap living and cheap food and how to live on a budget. Because honestly, he he was also yeah, cause he was also type one diabetic. diabetic which is the one you're born with or not born with the one you inherit yeah and he kind of like just this was his first time like away from home where his food and stuff wasn't being like cooked for by his mum or school or something it was like the first time he had to fend by himself and honestly like he just it took him the year to learn how to control his sugar levels like I remember he had to have his alarm so loud on his phone so like he would like wake up because if he went to sleep with his sugar level too low it would then be too low in the morning and he'd be like really really couldn't like sleeping couldn't wake up in the morning so his alarm had to be really loud he also couldn't lock his door so if we heard his alarm go off for like a long period of time we would then go in and wake him up because he obviously couldn't wake himself up because he his sugar level was so low and we'd like stuff yeah. like biscuits and lucasade into his mouth to try and wake him up <laughs> it was like honestly sounds nice and safe he was just like honestly it was at times it was scary but it was also like it, yeah it was eye-opening for all of us for you going to washington obviously the states is fairly different here washington have greek life right so were you there's two questions one were you part of a sorority and was it weird going back like not being able to just go into a shop and buy alcohol because obviously the drinking age is 21 there yeah um that was a big difference like oh right yeah they you can't buy alcohol until you're 21 back in time like and then at the end of my first year i was really i didn't i had applied to newcastle again because i was really quite struggling I love the rowing out there, but yeah, I was just struggling. I just kind of had the rowers as friendship group, and I, I'm one of those people that likes a bit of balance. So I joined the sorority at the end of my freshman year, and it was the best thing I ever did. 
I met some great friends there and um, I wasn't a great member. I remember, well, we have to do lots, quite a lot of like sing, singing and chanting and stuff. And I remember just trying to lip read people because I just didn't know many, much, <laughs> many of the songs off by heart. And yeah, I wasn't, but I tried to do what I could do while, while I was rowing. What I like, we had like philanthropies that we did. We um, raised money for charities, which but I was in Sigma Kappa sorority and we raised money for Alzheimer's. I moved into the house the year after and it's like this big it looked so like you didn't, a castle. didn't make many friends through muddy matches in Washington no no I hadn't I hadn't actually found muddy matches then it was a bit later <laughs> okay. <on>. so <laughs> so um no yeah it was it was there's a house party culture quite big out there so I went to Penn State because a friend was there I just visited for uh best part of a week and I just remember it being absolutely it's like a film it was just not yeah. went to a house party and it was just like a different world yeah i've had some um i lived in the sorority for a year and you and then i moved out into a house with like seven other girls and for my 21st i had a pajama party that was really fun um and we had like maybe 100 150 people in the house oh my um, god and that was really fun <laughs> just a and then <laughs> yeah well the the next year we had my housemates wanted another party it was such a success this um pajama party we'd had the before we were having a new one of I remember I had been racing in Canada and I came back that evening and they said they would do everything um like board up the house a bit to keep the noise in because it's kind of quite noisy and if the cops come they'll shut the party down anyway I don't know what got into me that evening I was standing by the door trying to keep people in and I was getting like kind of stressed because people weren't going with not were like opening the door and going out and we have probably had about 100 people, I don't know, in the house again. And pe- this news of this party had spread quite widely because the last <laughs> one was so good. I must say, I planned that one. <laughs> and yeah, it was, everyone was quite hyped up for this party. Then halfway through the night, obviously, my next door neighbours had called the cops because people obviously weren't listening to me and hadn't put the house up properly. <laughs> and the cops come. Anyway, I'm such a goody-goody, absolutely terrified of getting told off. There's me saying sorry, apologising to the cops, but then freaking out, going around the whole house. I cleared the house in five minutes, yelling at everyone to get out the house. And um, I remember I even yelled at my housemate to get out the house. And she was like, see, I live here. I was awful. And then I was going up to the cops and apologising, being like, sorry. And they were like, oh, it's fine. It looks like you've got it under control. And they were, yeah, basically. <laughs> the next day, I had a lot of apologising do after yelling at everyone to get out of my house and I remember I went for breakfast um a, like brunch thing with my housemate saw a church was open so I decided I went back home got dressed in a, um, a dress and went to church and repented my sins and it was like one of those happy happy like gospel ones which are really cool I remember crying repenting my sins of how mean I'd been to everyone and kicked everyone out and yeah, so, so that's how that one went down. Yeah, I, I was pretty embarrassed. I was still really embarrassed about it. So I don't know why I'm telling you guys, but now it's just a funny story. But that's amazing. Oh, that is so good. Uh, I was just gonna read the next thing that says "hair on fire?" Question mark. Oh yeah, that's um that was a night out um in a bar, and I leaned in for a photo in America. Yeah, in America. 
with my friend Maddie and Maddie screams at me, oh my God, Fee, your hair's on fire. <laughs> and <laughs> everyone in the bar starts clapping. I'm like putting it out. And it abs- you know how hair like smells so badly. Fire. Yeah. But no, honestly, I've never set my hair on fire. Oh, okay. I've had my hair set on fire twice. How have you done that, Sam? On nights out. <laughs> I don't think I've been there. One of them was a house party, which when I was at school, which kind of got slightly out of hand. And <laughs> I, yeah, I think I just, I'm not 100% sure what happened, but there was definitely some, a lighter was involved and my hair was involved and I remember waking up the next morning and there just being like bits of hair on the pillow <laughs> I'd obviously just got really too I'd had too much of a good time and that's not like you. someone else had also had a good time <laughs> but the worst bit was that I'd had my hair obviously burnt and the front of it was very singed and it smelt really bad and I it was yeah it wasn't great but my friend was asleep on the floor next to me. So she'd obviously come to look after me. And she had like this really nice blonde bob that was like one of the hairstyles that you have to get up in the morning and like straighten and do stuff with. Otherwise, it just like doesn't look good. And they'd taken like a chunk out of the top of her hair. At the time, for like it, she was like, oh, honestly, it doesn't matter. Like yours is so much worse. Your hair's been burnt. And I was like, well, I've got quite thick hair I've got quite a lot of hair so you couldn't really tell but honestly when hers grew back it just grew back in like this tuft because she had this really nice blonde bob and she just had this tuft on top of her hair that she looked like a duck oh god it was so the two of us I remember ringing my mum in the morning and being like I think you might have to take me to the hairdressers and she was like what the hell's happened and I was like (laughs) oh I've, I've had my hair set on fire but I was supposed to be going to this this like sort of test thing, like this exam with to do with the horses. And my mum was like, Well, I can't take you. Like you need to you're supposed to be going to this exam. And I was literally there in the shower with just like bits of my hair falling out because it had been burnt. And then the second time we were at some sort of like fairground thing and some kid had just got really drunk and was stood behind me in the queue and just got a lighter out and just set the bomb a bit on fire last time i saw you get that drunk i think we drew on you with sharpies oh uh, yeah that's also happened <laughs> and that was probably a good five years after <laughs> after the hair incident i'm i'm quite sporadic but you know it's that classic if you're going to do something do something well and if i'm going to have a good time yeah. and get drunk then i make sure i get go all in, go all in yeah <laughs> <laughs> no comment i remember being in america though and like that the house parties are just a different level compared to anything i've seen because obviously the houses are just you have these big frat houses that are so much bigger i remember trying to get into the party in penn state and they were like oh you're not coming in unless you have four girls and we were like what do you mean four girls are like you need each person needs to have four girls with you or you're not coming in and you're like that's ridiculous and then they're like oh you're british like yeah like are you from here like no like okay you can have two girls then you're like trying to find girls on the street like do you want to just come into this party for half an hour so i can get through the door and like yeah right then and then just like wander in and nuts like dj there's like basement with a dj and a bar and then like a dj in the main room with a bar it's like a club and you're like this is a house like 15 to 20 bedrooms floor is so sticky yeah Ugh. and obviously everyone's like under 21 and the pool parties the frat pool parties and everything it was I'll just bizarre it's like it was honestly like a movie i can't that's all i can explain it like being in a movie 
I found the whole of America like that, though. I loved it by, by the end. So speaking about, like, through uni, did you make any crazy purchases or anything? Oh, I've got one. I bought a taser gun. <laughs> <laughs> it was a stun gun. Sorry. It was actually, I did not I didn't see that it. coming. <laughs> My housemate bought it for me. Well, she bought us all one because, yeah, there was, there's some, what? I don't know, it's, the safety out there is quite, I don't know, it's a bit, that's always good to So you thought, prepared. you know what, I'll combat these machine guns with a taser. Well, it was a handy, actually, because the taser, well, it, it wasn't a taser, it was a stun gun, but it was right. also a flash torch. What, a light? Um, a, what do they call it in the UK? A, 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 a torch. A torch. A torch. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> a flashlight. Oh, I think they call it, I think they call it a flashlight. Well, anyway, um, yeah, so I, when I was, if I was walking home at night, I could just use it as a torch. But then if anyone got close to me, I could switch it into a stun gun and it would make this <laughs> zapping noise. And it would, I mean, it would scare me off. So I'm sure it would scare. I never had to use it, but I did give it to the person when I left. I just, I gave it to the person who I thought they lived in the produce area. And I was like, you'll need the, oh, there you so go. This is kind of like the passing down of. Yeah, I was going to say, so now there's someone in America <laughs> wandering around Washington with a hand-me-down stun gun. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they were only, to be fair, I think they were only $8, $8 off Amazon. So, I mean, <laughs> not too and expensive. And welcome to What's so. Wrong with America with Jack, Sam and Fee. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, yeah, safety safety out there was very different. I remember when I first moved there and my um, we got, we were in a dorm. Yeah, that's the weird thing about America, right? You always yeah. have someone in your room. Yeah, 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 yeah. And her mum was like, oh, you're not, you're not walking down to rowing, which was literally five minutes away, um, on your own, are you? And I was like, yeah, they're very safety. Yeah, I imagine yeah. that's because I felt like the complete opposite in Bath. Like, I yeah. just thought Bath was just like yeah. the safest place ever. Probably at times too safe. Well, yeah, that's where I'd come from. Well, the whole like, time I was there, I don't know anyone that none of my friendship group had any trouble with safety. Or, like, the girls used to walk home by themselves at night and there was never any issues. Yeah. I was exactly the same, which is probably quite good because I was was one of those people that once had had enough, I just left <laughs> and didn't tell anyone. <laughs> so yeah, six thirty four. Where's Sam? Oh, she's gone. <laughs> Not even started drinking yet. <laughs> but so yeah, it was that was one thing I did like about being in Bath. It was a, it did feel like a really safe place. Yeah, you don't. I didn't feel that in Washington. They do this. It's like a, is it like a six k thing you do fee in pairs where you have to row around. Yeah. A, Yes. boy or something and they have like a leaderboard yes. oh yeah so it's not that's the so how it goes is in the winter you to the lighthouse and back and you can race with someone every oh by the way a disclaimer that it's completely different now because they've got a completely different coach so it so but when i was there it um you rate you raced with someone as much as you wanted and you could change partners all through the week and try and get the fastest time now the top 10 fastest times with um that people have race in this race off on thursday and do a 6k race so every thursday you do a 6k race yeah yeah so you like switched didn't you so you could like choose the your partner and like basically the aim was to yeah. just win every time with different with a different person right yeah so you would climb up the leaderboard with um so if you did well with someone then someone higher up the leaderboard would be like oh do you want to go in a pair and try a pair and then you would try and move up the leaderboard like but um it was a bit confusing because around the lighthouse you also had a spin so you you had to dig a spin like spin around like, 360 so you had to dig your aura in and 
the other person had to spin as fast as they could and it was all in the time that's such a cool idea and like nothing that we'd ever do here yeah it was good it was a way of like getting good rowing in a pair i guess and like getting good at used to rowing with different people as well i would say because washington's like People who row in this country will probably know Washington for, like, the really cool videos that they used to do. And, like, the doghouse. Is that what it was called? The egg room? Oh, yeah. And, like, I remember Maybe. the boys at uni the just... Massive egg room. Yeah, well, yeah see, we used to love that. The thing is, it looks big on it's the videos, cool. but it's not as big in real life. That was one thing I did learn. Oh, like, sorry about you. You've been to Washington. <laughs> so, sorry, but that was one thing that did I surprise like it. it was big, but on the videos, it looks, like, huge. We used to put them videos and take the music and play it in the background when we were doing ergos yeah like the boys just absolutely loved everything to do with the washington yeah. and well it's own. awesome like when you have the whole men's and women's team rowing at the same time there's loads of us and i've never experienced that anywhere else and with the music it just feels such like a team atmosphere it's just so much fun so post uni what happened then so obviously you're fairly successful rowing you've been to under 23 worlds um had quite a successful junior career was it always kind of like I'm going to row now. No, I always threaten to quit all along the way. I've always been like, okay, now I'll quit. Now I'll quit. And it just suckers you in, doesn't it, a bit? <laughs> Keep on going. Um, so I was thinking when I was out there, well, I first tried to date, try and marry someone out there. <laughs> joking. <laughs> to stay out there. No, I'm joking. Um, I... <laughs> She's not. <laughs> You're only joking because you don't want your boyfriend to hear. <laughs> So then I wanted to stay out there. I did look for jobs, but I kind of got enticed home by my parents who were like, are you sure you don't want to continue rowing? You've done quite well. Like, it would be a shame not to, like, give it one shot. They, 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 yeah, they were quite good at getting me back home. They said they would help me out a bit. So did you drive the whole way through uni and stuff? No, no, no. I had, I was meant to take my test the summer when I was 18. But it, it's a long story, but I basically went on a girls' holiday to Santee fell over not in Zanti um, <laughs> on the bus home from Zanti in my flip-flops <laughs> going in going to like see my mum when she was picking us up from the bus stop so I partied all week um dancing on bars and doing everything um not not everything <laughs> just dancing on bars <laughs> what stick what happens in Zanti stays in Zanti basically that's that's how it goes and then um I fripped and twisted my ankle um, walking off the bus um, to get into my mum's car. Did you work? So going back to, so your parents convinced you to row for a bit. Did you work at the same time? Like, yeah. Were so you I just on funding or? No, no, no. I wasn't on funding. I came back to Henley and I worked in paper chase. Um, for so I was like part time road, part time working in paper chase in Henley, and I actually loved that. Um, What's paper chase? You know the stationery store. Oh, I didn't know that. I but. think it was. You don't know paper chase. I think it's like a southern thing. Yeah, probably. Oh. Okay. Although I'll probably get in trouble by my architecture friends because they love pens and stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, it's got great. It's got great stuff. Oh, Jack, I've got a great fine liner. You should try it. Oh, no thanks, mate. <laughs> I suppose I'm the same with bikes and cameras, but pens are slightly less exciting than a camera. <laughs> so going back to 2016, you went to Worlds. That was your like first senior worlds, wasn't it? In the four, yeah, which was where you won gold, which was pretty successful. Were you there, Sam? Were you in the? No, I was. Won... I was doing Feezy that year. No, it was really fun. Um... Win gold, get drunk, big party. I that's when I started getting boring. See, that was probably I would say 
I was getting my head down then and really trying to, you know what? Now I speak to my mum quite a lot and it's my mum that's like, you need to go and do this. Like you need to get out now, like, and go and see some friends now. I've completely, um, I feel like, yeah, I got my head down a bit. Though weren't you late for training the other day because you were drinking cider? Is that true? Oh yeah, no, that is true. And I, <laughs> Sam, <laughs> it wasn't training. It was an afternoon little drink. <laughs> Um, and I, I just missed. <laughs> I just got my meeting confused, <laughs> and because so, I was having a little afternoon drink in the sun, just enjoying the sunshine. On, um... See, you're allowed to do that. That is perfectly allowed. And now you're having lockdown parties as well till midnight. Oh yeah, no, with only following governmental guidance. Of course, of course. Were you on that first senior camp fee? Was it Bryjack when everyone got really ill? Was that your? Um, Do you go oh, then? Yeah. Yeah, yes, it was. I was there for the Rio Eight, and I got invited on camp. And yeah, it's, you don't want to, you don't want to get ill Olympic year and be spare of despair because it wasn't very nice. Sam, weren't you ill on camp once on your birthday, and you had to spend birthday by yourself in isolation? Oh yeah, that was in the viz. Yeah, I don't know what That's I had. Horrible. It was like a, such a grim virus, but I obviously. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, obviously did like the classic trick of like, I'm not that ill, I'm not ill, I'm not ill. Carried on training, I'm not ill, I'm not ill. And then it absolutely hit me like a double-decker bus. And I got put, quite, yeah, I was in isolation on my birthday. And Poor Sam, the cake that came out. <laughs> and we were singing happy birthday to Sam. But she was in her room. <laughs> I wasn't even and there. And ate her cake without her. So they'd, my birthday was I know. the start of camp. So they'd like, as soon as we arrive, it's the same every year. As soon as we arrive, someone's like straight to the kitchen because this cake is like incredible. It's like the most amazing chocolate Delicious. cake. And they, yeah, they obviously go straight to the kitchen and they're like, oh, like a couple of days time, we've got a birthday just so they're all prepared. So they'd obviously been told the kitchen. So the kitchen had this cake all ready for me. And I wasn't allowed to go to the dining room for it because I had to eat on my own in my room. Sat in bed with my food that had been like dropped off at the front door. And all I could hear was everyone singing happy birthday. And and they like... I just remember messaging you, how's your birthday been? And you were like, terrible. I haven't seen anyone for two days. And I just had to listen to them enjoy cake and my birthday. <laughs> yeah. and they literally Eating sang, Sam's cake. They literally sang happy birthday to me. And we're eating the birthday cake. And I was just like, this honestly couldn't get any worse. And also about the room I was in, like the one room is like pretty much just those big sliding doors. But our, my room was positioned where like where everyone would walk past to go to training so that was nice because at least every morning when they all walked past people would all wave at me and bang on the window and wave and on my birthday they all stopped and some sang happy birthday and said happy birthday. but honestly it was like but that's one of the worst I've ever felt like I've tried to skip illnesses and like still train through illnesses before but that was like I honestly couldn't get out of bed it was horrid what happened when you were on camp then fee did you get quarantined as well yeah so i was i made my roommate sick but as well but she moved out before <laughs> she realized she was sick so i was on my own i actually remember i felt so sick my whole body was aching i was like okay i'm gonna have a nice hot bath what was i thinking when i got out of the bath i fainted naked on the floor it was horrendous 
Um, I don't know what I was thinking. It was so silly. But it was just my, like, arms, they were all aching. And I was just like, oh, the warmth will, like, make it better. But I wasn't really thinking about it. It was bad. It was, I was not feeling well um, at all. So did someone find you on the floor? No, no, no. I woke up on the floor, like, a moment later and was like, oh, my goodness. I'm really ill. Um, but... It was just like not everyone just avoided you after that, and I was already really shy because I and like because I didn't know anyone because it was like the spare of the spare, and I was kind of yeah. Who were you rooming with? Donna. Oh okay. So so that was good, and then she she got ill and then moved back in with me when she. <laughs> so we were both ill together. I it was horrible. Like so many people got ill that camp. Were you on the cycling camp fee when um, Sam fell off a bike? Yes. Yeah, I was. But what year was that, Sam? Well, I fell off my bike this year, like in November. Because you dislocated your arm. But then I dislocated like my shoulder in the first year, yeah, a couple of years oh, ago. shoulder. Yes, yeah, That swimming. was swimming, not cycling. <laughs> yeah. So just to, for the listeners that might not know you so well, you've dislocated your shoulder swimming, you've broken your foot on a 5k walk, no, and it, had no, it in a boot for ages. No, I ran. And you've fallen off the... <laughs> right. No, if we're no. going to... 5k tell... run, okay. It was a 5k run and a 10k walk that I... Okay. My foot. Yeah, sorry, I take it back. Ten <laughs> k walk, five k run, dislocated your shoulder on a swim, and broken your wrist on a. Do you foot when you fell off the bike? No, I just like sprained both thumbs. <laughs> okay, so Sam will be taking. <laughs> I will not be getting Sam into triathlon. <laughs> no, I can't. Well, I asked I'm... Sam if she wanted to come mountain biking, and she was like, "Oh god, oh, I'll probably break something. I'm not coming." Yeah, I'm all for inclusivity, but don't invite Sam to anything triathlon related. Can't, can't do anything that's not rowing. But I think it stemmed from like the horses. I was like such an accident prone, prone as I was going up, growing up. But even like a bone scan and everything, and that's all come back okay. So like, there's no real. <laughs> It's just, I'm just so clumsy and so I have zero hand-eye coordination, zero coordination altogether. I'm just really unlucky. Like there was one time when we were getting one of the horses out of the trailer and like it was a big horse and it stood on my foot, which if anyone's had a horse stand on their foot, it's really flipping sore. So I like pushed the horse off and it stood on my other foot. So no word of a lie, I broke both feet at the same time. <laughs> And and because it was like just the tops of the bones just on the tops of my feet, they like didn't give me crutches or anything. Uh. But actually, no, I think I did have crutches for a couple of days, but they basically just told me to like open up my trainers. So there was like no pressure on them. And I was just, yeah, I was like an absolute accident prone. Oh, wow. That's awful. Yeah. My, at one point, my, I'd been to, doc- been to the doctors and been to hospitals so many times that my mum stopped taking me when I I broke one of my fingers and she it was like mangled like it wasn't just like a break it's like it was not you could tell it was broken and she refused to take me to hospital because she was so worried that the hospital would start questioning something was going on at home because I'd been in so many times and I was like bored I didn't even realize there was a limit to how many x-rays you could have because of the radiation but apparently I was, like, getting close to my limit of ra- of x-rays in a year. So mum didn't take me in. And now I oh, and now I have this, like, one of my fingers, I have this, like, lump sticking out the side of the knuckle where I should have had it set properly, oh. but didn't because my mum didn't take me in. Well, I always played rugby at school, and I remember we had this guy, he won't mind me saying this, our team will know who it is, but I won't name drop. And um, 
he was just like always in some form at injured and he was the coach's son so he always played loads and just like was just like always injured with tiny little things and he had a bit of a questionable tackle and like he goes down ambulance gets called like the game gets like it got postponed you know he goes off to hospital we're obviously all super worried he's like injured all the time we're thinking like he's actually broken his neck the ambulance had to like drive onto the field get him off Anyway, we get a phone call like super late that night. Like, it's all right, guys, got a sprained ankle. <laughs> <laughs> what? And just like he had all this like trouble and drama of this guy that's always injured. He thought he's broken his neck and he'd had full x-rays and he got a sprained ankle. Yeah. <laughs> and that is why I love rowing because I feel like you, it's quite a safe sport. Yeah. And there's not much that, yeah. I mean, you can really hurt your back and your hips. But aside from that... I feel like there's not much risk you to it. Do your makeup before a race, right? She's <laughs> the queen of being race ready. Oh yeah, no, you've got well, you've got to do that. You've got to be race ready. Yeah. Pre-test shower. Got to. It's important. Is that a thing? Feel good, feel good. You'll race well. Oh yeah, no, I yes, I yes, I do. I stand by that. It heats up your muscles. And <laughs> if you um, shower. <laughs> yeah. Testing tips with feet. You've got a test tomorrow, right? Just shower <laughs> do actually yeah no i might do that again I've... what are the performance benefits for your fake tanning you know you look good and you're gonna feel good and and that's how and like you're gonna perform well you're at your best but, you know that's how if you look good and you just feel more confident like you're gonna achieve things in life you're gonna get that pb for up-and-coming athletes if you're listening have a shower before your test to warm your muscles up. Yep. Get your fake tan on and get your makeup done because you will go faster. And if not, your yeah. Instagram photos will be banging. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is important though. No, no, this is important. It needs to be waterproof mascara because if water, because we are a water sport, gets anywhere near your face, that mascara will make you give you panda eyes and you don't want that. So you want waterproof mascara. Maybe that's why I raced so bad last season because I didn't have a shower, fake tan or do my makeup before any races. Uh, I, I, I stand by it and I, I, I really, yeah. I don't really do any of this, but I just shave my legs the night before because for some reason I don't feel like I'm more streamlined. Does that not sting? So the nights I shave my legs before going out for a ride. <laughs> there we go. Like obviously, yeah. I'm free when it is to be not. So I do triathlon fee, so I've got like shaved legs and everything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. I started laughing. And <laughs> like, didn't see that one. Could kill us all. Sorry, there's no offence. <laughs> I actually emulate them. But, Do you want to oh, save your legs? I've save your legs. No judgment here. It was fine at the time, but then if I go riding the next day, Ow. it stings a bit. No, I just shave my legs because then I feel like it'd be more streamlined. But then I like then tie my hair up on top of my head, which is then definitely anti-streamlined. So you do shave your legs before a 2K like on the ergo as well? Yeah. So how is that streamlining you when you're not moving anywhere? I have absolutely no idea, but <laughs> it's just, I guess it's the same as fee. I feel like yeah. race ready then. Yeah. But then, guys, in Germany, apparently to shave your legs is bad luck. I don't know. I've seen some of the German triathletes and they've all got oh. shaved legs and they're absolute weapons. Uh, well, that's, I swear that's what my German friend is. <laughs> and it's bad luck. Shave your legs. <laughs> I was going to say, she plants them. <laughs> no, no, not, 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 not never. I mean, before the race. Plattened <laughs> <laughs> <Flatted> legs. <laughs> no, I meant just, I meant just before racing because it's bad luck. But I don't know. Oh. I, that was a long time oh. ago. So. <laughs> no, there's nothing wrong with not shaving. Exactly. Okay. Each their own. I don't bother with the makeup. Exactly. 
Each to their own. So, each to their own. Speaking of going back to the psyching thing, apparently I had quite an emotional day on um, oh. Sakaloba and Miorkafi. I think it might have been Randa, yeah. It was Rand- well, it was, it's this monastery yeah. on top of this hill and it's like, oh, I hate it. Basically, the, the first time we did it, my first year, it was like the last ride of the camp. <laughs> so I've already got bad thoughts of that race. And not race. It's not a race. Sorry. It feels like race. a race on camp. <laughs> so I think it, might, it must have been the next year I was with Cara and we were going, we were cycling at Randa and I was just so grumpy, wasn't I? Sitting at the top in such a huff. Was that yeah, it? And I think, I think that was the that camp the one? where like loads of people just got to the top and just cried. <laughs> yeah. And I, I honestly, and Cara was taking ages, like just kind of going to and eating and all I wanted to do was just get on my bike and get back home and I was just so grumpy and there's this video of me looking <laughs> so the Haribo got you through <laughs> yeah well it's all about the Haribos no I'm all about sweets jelly babies Haribos yeah I, I think one year still is that just the regular regular diet no well yeah <laughs> yeah on lockdown, yeah I've probably been through about uh probably about seven packets a week well, I at the moment, no, not a week, but in lockdown <laughs> right now. Well, at the moment, I'm liking the Haribo, um, you know, the, the strawberry oh, yeah. straw things with stuff inside. What are they called? Like the vanilla stuff inside? Yeah, I've got one in the cupboard. Hang on, let me just see what they're called so I can confirm. <laughs> you know it's not a video, right, Fee? Uh, this, is, this is Fee hoping that she gets sponsored by them. Yeah, it's a podcast, <laughs> but we can't see it. It's called Haribo's Barless. Strawberry, you know what you know what I mean though. They're delicious. If anyone anyone who's listening works at Harry Bow, Fee would love some free stuff. Oh, any of the Mondelay group will take. They own plenty of people, don't yeah. they? Yeah, any sponsorship and I'll Yeah, but sweetness sweet yeah, no, I, I I really like them. I think we all eat more yeah, sweets. They get you for I would a lot. say we eat more sweets and things than people yeah. think we do. How much do people think you do? Well, I think people get this idea that athletes eat really well and just... I mean, we de- debunked that one when you told everyone about your Spanish omelette. <laughs> yeah, um, my smi- my spi- smiley Spanish omelette. Um, <laughs> at least, at least it put I, you in a good mood. <laughs> actually, you think that's bad? Also, one of my bad days on in lockdown, I made chocolate mousse, which used like more egg yolks than it did egg whites, and I was really struggling for something for lunch the next day. So I put just put the egg whites in the microwave and had egg whites on toast. You can make scrambled egg in the microwave though. That's legit. Yeah, but yeah, yeah that is legit. Easy. But I just had egg whites, <laughs> warm egg whites on toast because I didn't have anything else yeah. in the house to eat. Grim. My on lockdown at one stage, I spent sixty pounds on cookies and like brownies from a local bougie bakery. How they do like all the local markets and stuff, and I was like, oh, they're struggling to get business. I'll spend 60 pounds they literally lasted 48 hours which ate them all I must have eaten about 30,000 calories I felt awful for about two weeks <laughs> no 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 that's the best thing about sport though uh, whenever in my life right now am I ever going to be able to eat apart from now eat a pack of um, chocolate biscuits and feel guilt-free about it so I'm going to make the most of it and I'm <laughs> and so yeah I'm I've been them. eating yeah I'm I do like the treats well we've heard about your um Lock, small lockdown gathering and your cider before train or instead of training have you been drinking a lot of alcohol is that something you would do normally obviously you guys are meant to be on an olympic year but do you guys drink a fair bit and- not really um people we don't go on like alcohol bans 
like there's not a ban on alcohol um i guess the but i guess the people just don't go out and get like hammered every weekend i guess it's like it's just like monitored and like people have save it for like after races and trials yeah like people have like a glass of wine with stuff but i just can't deal with having a hangover yeah it's the worst and you're you're just and you just feel no it just doesn't help with performance (laughs) it's not great but i don't think i think Every now and then, it's good. To, you need balance in your life. Yeah, and yeah, I tell you, it's my mum. It's my mum that's like, you need to go out and do this and be social and see see these people. It now like when I was younger, it was my parents that stopped me from doing stuff, but now they're telling me to go and do things. I just it's getting the balance. So Sue Gammond, if you're listening, Fee's had a packet of chocolate biscuits and she's having fun. <laughs> yeah. And sorry about the muddy matches. <laughs> Oh no, my mum loves the muddy matches. She was offered oh, really? to buy me, she offered to buy the subscription for me. She offered to what? Buy a subscription. <laughs> yeah. What does the subscription give you? I think you can um it gives you unlimited access to messaging anyone. No, I met someone on there that knew my parents and um well his his <laughs> oh, his parents knew my parents. And my mum got quite excited that this could be quite a good match, but I only went on one date with him. So your mum, your mum was playing muddy matches with you, playing yeah, it's like a game. Yeah, no. <laughs> Completed it. <laughs> yeah, the matchmaker. <laughs> oh yeah, she she enjoys that. She enjoys the gossip from that. Maybe Sue and Mark secretly met on muddy matches. Maybe no, they met the other <laughs> So to finish off, if there's one thing you'd or multiple things, but if there's a main thing you would go and tell your younger self, what would it be? that's really hard um, oh, sorry i've thrown you under the bus a bit there yeah you really have i don't really know i've i feel like i no, just live life that's rubbish live um, laugh love <laughs> fee gammon <laughs> live laugh love um honestly i live i, I don't know yeah just, no i don't really that's a really hard question to ask me on the spot no but i think that's a really nice thing because that means you don't look back with no, any regrets say, then I, like you've obviously, if nothing stands out, then you obviously have like feel fulfilled. I've had a great time, and I'm kind of on my path and trying to get to the Olympics, and I'm just happy with everything. Yeah, I'm content. I'm good. That's such a lovely note to end on. Thanks, guys. Oh, thanks for being such a great guest. Oh, that's so nice. Oh well, thanks, V. No, thank you for having me. I've absolutely laughed so hard at some of those stories. <laughs> <laughs>